All right, BradCooney.com. It is absolutely honored to have on board Susan Olsen. Of course, you know Susan from the legendary hit TV show, The Brady Bunch, where she played Cindy. Susan, what is up? Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Man, we got a lot to talk about, me and you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, before we dip into current events and politics, um, unfortunately, the world lost a really, really, really wonderful person, Florence Henderson. Of course, that's your TV mom and friend. So I wanted to give you an opportunity just to touch on um, on that a little bit and um, just tell the fans a little bit about Florence Henderson, maybe some things that they may not know about her, too. And um, 
and then I turned on the TV and it was on the news mm. and within 15 minutes I got a phone call from Chris Knight. There's always a designated Brady to pass along ah. the bad news. It's usually Barry because, you know, he's the oldest. Yeah. Um, and I think Barry was busy. <laughs> sure, sure. Chris, Chris is next in line. Um, so anyway, Chris made his calls and, you know, confirmed that, yeah, it's true. It, it was just, it was such a shock. I couldn't really feel anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I take a long time. I, things like this creep up on me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and kind of even ask, because she had, actually she's having three memorials. One of them is, is still is in February that will be in New York. Mm. But he had a, a big one um, a couple of weeks ago in Los Angeles, and then before that, she had a very private one with just family. And um, it was at that one that, you know, there were, there were pictures of her. There was a big screen TV with, um, you know, clips of her. And I looked at that because, you know, part of me was halfway expecting her to show up. Oh, wow. And then, you know, that's when it hit me. It's like, no, Susan, she's not going to show up. She's mm. not going to show up again. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah. You know, it, it just takes me a while. Yeah, you know, she still looks so healthy before she passed away. She's always been beautiful, oh, and she maintained her beauty all the way to the end. She was at Dancing with the Stars on Monday yeah. and by Thursday. Yeah. yeah, she was gone. And, and sometimes, I, you know, we can all speculate, but... I sort of wonder if maybe the fact that she was in such good shape and she was so strong and tough that maybe the doctors, when she went in Wednesday and you know complained that she wasn't feeling right, that her heart was bothering her, maybe you know the attitude of oh well, come on, it's Florence, mm. you know, we, we we fixed it, send her home, she'll be fine. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know. I I just wonder if maybe that was a contributing factor. Yeah, but that's the way she would have wanted. It. I mean, she was she was scheduled to do a live performance that weekend, and she was you know that's that's the way she would have wanted to go. You know, mm-hmm. kicking and and you know completely vital. It's horrible for the people you leave behind because it's such a shock, but I think it's the best way. Yeah, you know, for the person who goes. Now you mentioned while you were telling me about Florence, you brought up some of the some of the cast members. Do you, do you keep in touch with um, Barry and, and other people on the cast on the show with you? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, with the advent of technology, sure, sure. And email, it's it's so much easier. And we're all really lazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't send each other birthday cards and things like that. Um, but we'll keep in touch through emails. There's always something that that we end up doing together, mm-hmm. whether it's you know a few of us or all of us. Um, mm-hmm. It's very rare that it's all of us, but um, it's it's one of those things where, you know, like Mike Wilkinland and I will get together and do a fundraiser or something, and, mm. and you know, that's Bobby Brady, yep. and um, it's like no time has gone by, so we don't feel that need to check in on each other that much, we, we just kind of know that yeah. we're there. <laughs> that makes sense, it does. Um, it's strange, but, but we don't know anything else. Yeah, exactly. Now, is there is there an episode that you guys filmed on the show that's impacted you the most? Do you have a favorite? Do you have one that really sticks out? 
Well, I think the ones that impacted us were the ones where we got to travel. Sure. Um, but, but as far as favorites go, I, I'm kind of partial to the one where Greg and Peter go on a double date. Oh, yeah. Because I think it's genuinely funny. And I, I think, you know, especially Chris Knight, he was just getting so cute mm-hmm. and eating off his mustache with the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. That was a great show, man. I mean, when you're. I, I, when you said that, the, the the I mean, the memory just popped back. I mean, it's like I, I grew up, as so many of us have. We grew up watching you guys, and um, yeah. it's just amazing how that show impacted people. I think more than than some people may even think. Yeah, and definitely more than it was given credit for. Because when we went off, well, we never went off the air. We you know we were in syndication, but when the show got canceled, um, we certainly. A few auditions that I went on, uh, the attitude was just, oh, you were in that show. (laughs) (laughs) It was so unrealistic, and it was so badly written, and I didn't have anything to do with that. But then when the people that had grown up on it, you know, arrived and came of age, then, you know, it it achieved this cult status Mm -hmm. that I think it deserves. Because I really think that there's something very valuable in it, um, because it it offers something that's very hard to find these days, and that is a family where the parents and kids respect each other. Yes, morals, integrity, all those things. Yeah, yeah. And today, um, the formula literally is that the parents should either be missing or stupid. Yeah, it's really it's just an amazing contrast of what family life was back when the Brady Bunch was on TV, because I remember when I was growing up watching you guys, we all had supper at the dinner table together, mom, dad, my brother, you know, we asked to be excused from the table, we helped do dishes, we, you know, we would go ride bikes and do things like that, I mean, now everything's changed, it's just a different country, everything's changed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you know, I'm not going to say it's all changed for the worst. Um, but, but no. you know, there's a lot of stuff that's missing. There's definitely change, though. We can agree on that yeah. for sure. Okay, um, so before we get into some political stuff, I wanted to talk to you about maybe some of your your current projects and also the situation that happened um, at the radio show that you co-hosted. Of course, there was um, there was rumors that you were that you were let go, but then the truth be told that you weren't, you resigned. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that, too. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go with that first. I, I've done radio. I, I started out on KLSX in Los Angeles. Um, gosh, in the, in the 90s, uh, in 1995. Mm-hmm. And Ken Ober and I had a show, and we used to follow Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Which meant we never knew how long the show was going to be because we didn't know how long Howard was going to go. And I think the long, the shortest show we ever did was a half hour, and the longest show we ever did was five hours. <laughs> hmm. um, wow! So I mean that that was that was really a great experience. Yeah. I always liked radio, and then I um, I was on a network called Comedy World, which was way ahead of its time. It was internet radio before there was internet radio. Wow. So it, it, it was a station that nobody could listen to. <laughs> nobody had the right equipment. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and it, kinda, it went the way of a lot of dot-com companies. 
And then, you know, I had my son, and I was a single mom, and um, and I I got very politically um, obsessed about five years ago. And um, I was friends with Sheena Metal, who used to work at KLSX, too. And um, she said, well, you know, do you want to do a political show? We can do it. And what we were doing at LA Talk Radio was a podcast. And we were doing it just for fun. And um, it's called Two Chicks Talking Politics. And um, right Right when the election happened, <laughs> um, you know, she was devoted to Hillary, and I was—I had come out of my Trump closet mm-hmm. because I knew it wasn't a very cool thing. Yep, well said. <laughs> Especially in the part of the country where you live. Oh my gosh! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I thought, well, how can I, you know, do this political podcast and not be honest about? what it is that I like about this guy and what I think he wants to do that I think is totally what we need, even though I can't stand the way he talks. Right, right. And, um, I mean, you know, it's just, it's so cringy. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think, I think most Trump supporters are not, you know, devoted to him and hanging on his every word. We're saying, okay, we're going to kind of overlook exactly. the things that we're not liking because the things that he's doing right are so important. Yep. So anyway, um, I just, I felt like, I, I mean, I was completely prepared for Hillary to win. Everybody was. And, um, yeah, yeah. So when she didn't, um, I really thought that this was going to be a problem for my partner. And um, and I thought, you know, this isn't anything we're getting paid for. This has been a lark, and you know, this might not be fun anymore. Let's let's stop. And she didn't want to stop. So about three weeks later, then we had, um, and I I guess I would say episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our show. She said, I'm going to have a liberal on, and um, you know, you, you can invite a conservative. So I invited a friend of mine who's a Trump supporter, and um, so we did our show, two hours, um, definitely heated, definitely some arguments, and um, I had been coming down with a migraine the night before, but, you know, rose to the occasion, I was like, oh, this is a great show, everybody's fist bumping, and and this guy that she had invited, the, the liberal who will remain nameless, mm-hmm. um, was like, you know, taking my hand during the commercials and like, I can't believe I'm arguing with Cindy Brady. Mm. And so anyway, great show. I get home. By the time I get home, I'm in, I'm having a migraine. So I'm sick, but I'm like, um, wow, great show. And I have to go to bed and, and throw up. <laughs> yeah, I get migraines. I've been having migraines since I was 11. I get them too, so I can I, fully relate to what you're talking oh, okay. about. Yeah. Well, I used to be, the, probably the best job I ever had was as the migraine spokesperson for Glaxo Welcome. Mm. Um, yeah, it was that, it was cool because I got to meet a lot of people and sure. hear notes. Um, but anyway, so I was very surprised to find the next day that this guy 
was, you know, posturing on Facebook demanding that I be fired from the radio station because I'm giving misinformation. And, and the things that he cited that were misinformation and dangerous were not wrong at all. Um, and had I been in a better state of mind, I would have cooled my heels. Yeah. I could have eviscerated him intellectually in a minute, you know, given the right form. But I lost it. And I think part of the reason was I called my my radio partner, and she was very passive. And um, I don't know. I just, <laughs> the vibe was not good. So anyway, I spewed. I went off on this guy in a way that I'm not proud of. Yeah. Um, I think we've all but, been there, too. Know, yeah, and it was a private message. It was nothing that was meant for anybody else to to see. And, of course, he spread it. And um, I I just thought, you know, okay, we were doing this for fun. I wanted to stop it three weeks ago. This isn't fun now. And, you know, if I was getting paid, heck, I'd, I'd do a radio show with Michael Locke. Yeah, but, um, no kidding. I would, too. <laughs> Well, they well they kept well they kept well they kept us in a separate room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I hear you. I used to really like him. Yeah. Political views. When he was doing TV Nation, I thought that was the best thing. Yeah. I ran across a, a a parking lot to hug him and tell him that he was the best thing that happened to TV. Oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I kind of regret that now. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I called the station and I'm you know sick as a dog. And I resigned. Um, and I, I still, I had a show that I was doing with my candy maker friend. Um, and I really didn't want to do that anymore, but I did appear on that two weeks later because he was interviewing Larry Elder, and I didn't want to miss out on that. Yeah, I like but, him. I like um, Larry. Yeah, me too. He was great. Yep. So, um, anyway, I don't know how he got wind of it or if he just manufactured the story from the get-go, but next thing I know, the headlines are that I've been fired mm. for my homophobic rant. Unbelievable. Yeah, Unbelievable. And, and at first I was, yeah, I wasn't taking it seriously at all. I didn't like the fact that people were going to think that I got fired, but I thought, oh, if anybody's going to accuse me of anything, Homophobia? I know, it's the last thing. It's the last thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I... Your history and resume proves that wrong. I mean, anybody who knows anything about you knows that's bullcrap. Well, one would think, but, you know, um, package that along with me being a Trump supporter. Exactly. And, and, and then Twitter. And these people thinking that he's anti-gay, which is also insane. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, you see where that goes. But anybody who knew me, I mean, immediately, like every 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 homosexual person that I know um, was calling me up and going, I don't believe that. It's not, it's not no. true, is it? It's amazing what happens um, with the witch hunts. Once that gets out on social sites, it's a witch hunt, man. If people just pile on like mob rule, it's unbelievable. You know, and it's funny you say that because I'm no stranger to witch hunts. Mm-hmm. I'm the seventh generation granddaughter of a woman who was hanged in Salem. Mm. Wow. And the absurdity of that has always haunted me. And I've always wondered if there's some sort of um, genetic memory yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in me. <laughs> right. Wow. 
That's unbelievable. So, no, I'm not homophobic. I, I've been pro-LGBTQ community since I was nine, way before it became fashionable. Sure. And your TV dad, Robert Reed. What, I mean, he's, That's just it. Yeah. That was my first introduction to, mm -hmm. um, you know, what a gay person is. Right. And, and I did call this little troll a homophobic slur, but, you know, I hate to admit it, but that's the part... But I almost don't regret. I regret going off on him so much and being as crass as I was. Yeah. But to me, when I think of the LGBTQ community, I think of noble people who yeah. have fought a, a brave fight. I think of my cousin who, whose mother, my aunt, couldn't accept him because her religion wouldn't. Right. And he had the best marriage, although they weren't allowed to marry legally, in the whole family. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then when I think of somebody like this troll, I think of somebody who brings shame yeah. to the movement because they, they confirm all the stereotypes. And so, yeah, I meant it when I called him, when I called him, which I won't repeat. No, we, we won't have to go there. <laughs> so, all right, so moving forward, um, what what are, you, what are you doing next? I mean, you mentioned your candy line. Um, are you looking to maybe do more radio or TV? What, what's what's on the horizon for you? I I actually would like to do radio. I never I didn't pursue it seriously um, because I haven't pursued anything that seriously because I'm a, I've been a single mom. Sure. My son um, is on the autistic spectrom, mm -hmm. so his dependence on me has has been a little longer than sure. than most. Um, He's now on his own, kind of. He's in the, He's not living with me, so yeah. that's that's a milestone. Sure. And I'm starting to look at my life as something that I can actually take some control over mm -hmm. again. So, yeah, I, you know, I might. I'm thinking about. I've always been thinking about writing a book. Oh yes. Um, I, I think that'd yeah. be a great idea. You got a hell of a story to tell. I think so. Um, I made an attempt. Oh gosh. About eight years ago, I think I had the wrong agent, mm. and um, it, it seemed that everybody was looking for a victim story, which I don't really have. Um, and I thought about maybe doing it as a series of essays, so that it doesn't fall into the trap of being the memoir of a former child. Star. Yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> it makes sense, it does. Uh, yeah, and I, I would like to do radio. I, I, I don't think I'm going to go anywhere um, away from this obsession with politics. Mm -hmm. But it almost seems as though at this point I need an echo chamber. I was trying so hard to remain a considerable. Yeah. And, you because know, there's a lot of social things about well, the, the true meaning of the word liberal is sacred to me. I'm a classic liberal which isn't the same as the modern-day version. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there's still things that, you know, I, I'm still a tree-hugger. I mean, yeah. for Trump, but, you know, I don't, I, I'm sure that our planet is not going to do well. Yeah, and there, you know what, there's, the time in there's an audience for that, though, because I'm just, I have... I have... My, 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 I, I, my beliefs are, like, all over the political spectrum. I mean, I'm I'm pro... I'm pro... I'm pro-life morally, but I'm pro-choice politically. I'm pro-gay I'm pro, I'm pro marriage. I, I could care less if, if 
somebody wants to get married and they're the same gender. That doesn't affect me whatsoever. I'm totally I'm pro Second Amendment, so there's my right. There's my conservative. Um, you know, I, I think people should be able to pray in, in wherever they want to. Muslims, Jews, Christians, let them pray. Live and let live. Leave, leave people alone. So I have, I'm like all over the place. My, my beliefs. So I think there is a market for that. Well, I, and you've just um, kind of echoed my beliefs, and I think that most of the people, and you know, especially considering the flyover states, mm-hmm. which are where the forgotten people are, it's like Trump won. They take the time. But yes, they take the time to look into things, and they're not locked up with any ideology. Mm-hmm. They look and and. I'm sorry, but I think that intellectually they are way above the so-called elite Hollywood types out here. Mm-hmm. That's why. I'd rather spend an afternoon with uh, somebody in Bud Tussle than with Ashley Judd because it would be more intellectually stimulating. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I would. I, you know, I was just talking to about this. Going, I was. I was actually going up an elevator to a, a stranger. We were just talking about politics real quick. And I and I told the guy I would rather hear your opinion than Ashley Judd's opinion on politics. Um, yeah. Genuine people, genuine people that really feel, you know, the, the the heartland and what what not not somebody who's in a little elitist bubble that has mansions and Rolls Royces. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and you want to hear from people that are actually affected by right. these laws. And, and, you know, Ashley has to be a very intelligent person. Oh, of course. But she, she's ha- gotten degrees and everything. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just the universities that messed her up. Um, <laughs> yeah, good point. these elites, you know, George Clooney tells Angela Merkel what a great job she's done. And that we should do what she's done, which is what Hillary wanted to do. Right. George, you're never going to have your kids get beaten up for taking a ham sandwich to school. I mean, I don't, you know what's scary, Susan, you you bring up the situation in Germany, which is also happening in Sweden and in France. Oh, yeah. And in France. Norway. Norway, France. um, Hungary's fighting back. There's a couple countries that that are actually... Can see what's going on, and, and yeah. it's basically a takeover. It really is. I mean, when you look at when you look at Stockholm, Sweden now, and and you have women being raped and beaten and you know beat up and and beat, almost publicly, and like in the streets is happening, um, and the cultures are being destroyed. I mean, and that's the problem. And I think people saw that over here that voted for Trump is if you want to come here, you need to assimilate to our culture. And the big problem Germany did. Merkel, she didn't have any of that. There was no assimilating, and now the German culture is eroding away, just like in Sweden and other countries. And, you know, I hate to reveal my foil hat, but it's it's awfully hard for me to believe that these leaders are that stupid. I I, I can't help but see that there's some other kind of agenda here. Maybe not, but that's what made me go nuts for politics. Mm -hmm. I, I started studying Islam. And it wasn't that Islam was that shocking, although it was. But it was knowing the truth and then looking around and hearing all the lies. Mm-hmm. And these lies are coming from leaders. I, you know, Barack Obama looks into the camera and says, Islam has nothing to do with the Islamic State. What? 
Hello? <laughs> um, and, and then looking at the people that are lying about Islam, you start to see that they're lying about a lot of things. And so, you know, one thing led to another, and that's what got me pretty obsessed. And, and you know, everything that I've been looking at and being called a racist, bigot, homophobe for is, is coming true. Mm. It's unbelievable. You know, yeah. and now we have the situation where the the president, um, you know, this 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 thing with this Muslim ban. It is amazing how all the 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 networks, minus maybe Fox News, but everybody else is calling a Muslim ban. Everybody forgets to say that it's temporary, um, and and you know, and, and they want to tag the, the 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 racist thing to Donald Trump. If he was really racist against Muslims. Wouldn't he have also banned Indonesia, which is the country that has the most Muslims on the planet Earth? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not a Muslim ban. It's a ban on countries where they, it's impossible to vet them because they don't keep records like other countries. They don't have functioning governments, a lot of them. Yeah, right. So it, it's more of a ban on places where people are coming from where they can't be vetted and where we know that ISIS has... Hot spots. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, of course the media is going to mislabel it. Um, I, I, I shudder. Sometimes I get, I, I really get worried that she, it's almost like um, having had a child who was difficult <laughs> when you start disciplining them yeah. a little more, you're going to get some more backlash from them. I feel like the press is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to die down? Are they going to realize, okay, he is the president, you know, the world hasn't exploded, or are they going to keep this up and keep... And, and, and it kills me to see people who are not stupid, but they're ignorant because they're only getting this stuff from the news. So they're yes. listening to the sound bites because they genuinely don't have time to do much else, and they're being completely misled. It's, it's become, the media has become a propaganda, a rhetoric-throwing propaganda unit. It's basically, it's basically just rhetoric, it's, it's talking points, and a lot of people, unlike me or you, who research things, they just buy into this. And what's really scaring me, i tell you what really makes me nervous, is the media flames things so bad and like you, like you saw what happened in the airports, all the protests across the country with this, with this protest. Could you imagine if, if some of the 60-plus million Trump supporters decided to meet these crowds and protest back in support of Trump? I mean, that, that's, we're very lucky that hasn't happened yet. Because I believe if this doesn't calm down, if things don't calm down and the media, if they keep on flaming this, this could very well get ugly, like violence and blood, blood on the streets, if it doesn't calm down. Well, and then I wonder if that isn't what they want. You know, who, yeah, I mean, possibly. To me, the crazy that sounds. situation is like the cloud and pivot strategy on crack and steroids. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's intended to create chaos, one way or another. It's unbelievable. And now you have the... I think at I think at this point in Barack Obama's first term, twelve or thirteen of his cabinet nominees have been a- approved, and so far Donald Trump only had I think four. 
So the yeah. holy dragon, I think they're terrified that if Jeff Session gets in there, he's going to hold some people responsible. I think that's one reason. Um, <laughs> um, I really do. And I, but I think we're close. I think Trump's going to break out the uh, what Harry Reid so conveniently to them broke out the nuclear option and just go ahead and ram these people through. What do you think about that? Um, you know, guy's got to do what he's got to do. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, I mean, there's things, I'm not going to say that everything that's going on is hunky-dory. I think that, um, you know, what happened with the whole visa thing was... Oh, it was rolled out terribly. Very clumsily. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was heavy-handed. Uh, I think you and I were texting about it. But, yeah. You know, the optics are not good. Horrible. I give these people more to complain about. Yep. Um, However, you know, so, okay, maybe that was a boo-boo, or maybe, you know, maybe there was some plan behind that. I, th- I just think they yeah. rolled it out too maybe fast. I kind of compare it to the, well, even though Obamacare, I think, with the exception of preconditions and, and keeping... The, um, on their kids on there till they're in their twenties. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the preconditions. But when they first rolled out Obamacare, remember that it was a disaster. The, the website kept oh, crashing, yeah. and I think that's kind of the same thing when they rolled this executive order out. They didn't really think think all of it through, the nooks and crannies. Yeah, and that's what happened. And then of course the media jumped all over it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and you know where were all these protesters? You know when when Obama. <laughs> For six months. Yeah. For six months. <laughs> and also, what's a, also President Obama's the one. His administration's the one that picked these seven nations that Trump's using. You betcha. <laughs> and we can go on. I mean, you can talk for two hours about the hypocrisy. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the hypocrisy yeah. is amazing. Well, yeah, I have I have friends that are really you know that are smarter than me that will send me articles and clippings and things mm-hmm. and. And um, I, I just got to tell you, I'm, I'm like giddy over the fact that Sebastian Gorka is in the administration now. Yes. Because I was tweeting to Donald. Yeah. <laughs> like, if he pay attention, I'm like, hire Sebastian Gorka, please, put him somewhere, somewhere, yeah. anywhere. Right, right. Because <laughs> I really trust him. And I know that he's somebody that knows way more than I do when it comes to, I mean, he wrote the book on it, Defeating Jihad. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's a really dangerous thing. You know, the, the whole, you know, the Sharia law thing. I mean, the, the, well, what a lot of people don't realize is the Sharia law is, is, is the governing doctrine. It's a governing doctrine. It's not just something that, we, that should be taken lightly. That's a, that's a governing doctrine, and it's scary. And some of the women yeah. that I saw at this women's march, they, they might need to start watching what happens to women under Sharia law in some of these other countries. And they're talking about having rights issues over here? Oh, 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 please. Well, in the first place, I kind of cringe a little whenever I hear, you know, we can't have a religious test. Well, you know, we have freedom of religion, blah, blah, blah. Um, Islam is not just a religion, and that's what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Islam is primarily a political ideology with a religious component. Mm. And... If that religious component could be extracted and be formalized as what most Muslims, all the Muslims that we know that we're going to say are wonderful, sweet people and we shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be discriminated against. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, they're a lot like the people who are Christian when they go out to buy a 
a, a Christmas tree. They're not into the political thing. They don't even know about the political thing. Right. And if that could be on its own, there'd be no problem. But but the problem is that if you really get into it and if you're going to practice it the way that it's written, it becomes completely political. It's a totalitarian ideology mm-hmm. with, a, with a brutal legal system called Sharia, and it governs everything you do down to what foot you use to enter the bathroom with. Yeah, and completely, completely conflicts with the Constitution of the United States. It, it, it is, it, it, can't I, work together. I was going nuts when that, that con man, uh, Kezar Khan, comes out with his little copy of oh, yeah. the Constitution and tells uh, Donald Trump to read it. And of course, then Donald made me just as mad because all he could do was insult the guy's wife. Which was horrible. The answer to that is your ideology promises to destroy everything that's in that Constitution. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And that's where the problem is. Mm. Yeah. You know, so when people say, you're being a homophobe, you're a hater, hey, I'm sorry. But when there's an ideology that promises me that it's going to destroy everything that I hold dear, you bet I have a problem with it. And it's not just my right to have a problem, it's my duty. There you go. There you go. So so well said. I'm such a hard ass. <laughs> <laughs> but people people need to research all the nooks and crannies about what we just discussed. It's 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 not you can't just take what the media throws at you. You really got to get in there and read read about Sharia law. What happens to women under Sharia law? That's that's the real that that just bothers me, man. Because I see yeah, and our feminists completely look the other way. I know. And and I got to tell you, one one of the problems is that. Um, anybody who is speaking the truth about this, the left has always been in some weird collusion with Islam. And we don't kill you for, for, for saying an unwanted truth, but we assassinate your character. Mm-hmm. And um, one, of my, one of my favorite people on the planet is Robert Spencer, who is the director of Jihad Watch. Mm-hmm. He has been named by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group. Mm. Um, so many counter-jihadists uh, are named hate groups or hateful people. You know, I, I could quote Robert and somebody will say, well, you know, he's hateful. I had somebody come on my page because I, I was recommending Ayanne Hirsi-Ali as somebody to learn from. I, I think her book, Heretic, is the best primer that one could have for understanding the situation. And they said, oh, she, oh, she's terrible. I'm like, where'd you hear that from? Oh, Southern Poverty Law Center. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's not terrible. She's telling the truth. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The media just pounces all over it. It's just, uh, we can go on and on and on. Well, look, man, um, really, really enjoyed doing this. I know you got some things you need to get going um, with your son, so we're going to let you go. Um, I really, really appreciate you doing this. Now, before I let you go, though, is there any websites? You have a website you want people to go check out, maybe for your candy, anything you want to uh, to plug for the listeners when they listen to this? Well, my site is SusanOlson.net. You'll find a lot of information there. Um, and I'd also recommend my friend Robert Spencer's website, uh, jihadwatch.org. Just take the challenge. Just, just go there every day for a week and see what's going on. 
on and you'll be surprised. That sounds good, man. I appreciate you doing this. Of course, we will keep in touch. We'll watch what's going on with the uh, with this. We've got a Supreme Court nominee that's going to get appointed here in, in about an hour, so I'll, I'll definitely look forward yep. to seeing that. Susan, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this, man. I hope we can get you back on. Oh, definitely. Thank you.